Tonight on Rogue Padron, the return of the Ground Pounders, the death of Devin, Kairos is still Kairos, and we still don't know what that means, and extremely inconsistent chapter links. Kindles. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Wait, Welcome what was the sentence? To- Just Kindles? Just Kindles. Kindles. <laughs> Kindles. I think Saf forgot that she had a mouthful of food when she started speaking. Yeah, I did. I was so mad about it that I just kind of started talking. Well. Only the but... highest level of professionalism here at Rogue Pod. <laughs> Look, I would not be me if I wasn't eating partway through Rogue Pod anyways. Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what the listeners are here for, me eating toast on the show. Yep, that is consistently what they say. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Start Alphabet Padron Part Two Shadowfall, um, and it's not the most fun time, but we'll make it fun because that's, that's a pretty big do. understatement. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we do. And if you're what like, we well, I really want to listen to Alphabet Padron Part One to to catch up and see their thoughts on the first book, it's really easy. All you have to do is go midway through season fourteen. <laughs> And find episodes like four through nine. <laughs> and it's right there. Okay, but I did. For it. I, no, we did not. Um, Why didn't we? It was in we? the middle of. It was in the middle of the season. <laughs> Why are we like uh, this? I did re-listen to our Alphabet Padron part one episodes before starting Shadowfall. And it actually did really help a lot. Um, oh, great. Because I, would like, also I recommend, wasn't um, going. Listening. I, to the Twilight Company episodes that. for no reason whatsoever. Just, I would recommend it. There is a reason. I literally could not tell you a single thing that happened in the first book. Well, that's great, because no. I'm not really going to be brushing over that at all. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I read the second book, couldn't tell you a, sec- uh, a thing that happened I'm in feeling, this book. I'm feeling super prepared right now. Oh my gosh. And, How and is so, this our book club podcast? It also, it also occurred to me, it also occurred to me while reading Shadowfall that I don't think I ever finished the first Alphabet Squadron. <laughs> So think- everyone's homework, apparently, except for Meg, is to go back and listen to part one All right. of Alphabet All right. Padron. Scratch this episode. New plan. We're going to reread the first book <laughs> and redo that season. Like four times. I'm good. <laughs> um, and also, for the sake of listeners um, who are either reading along or haven't read this, um, and also for me also most of all is that i've only read the chapters as assigned i have not finished the entire book um so when we talk please make sure or when you or when listeners if you comment to us about shadowfall please make sure it's only about what we've read 
um, and yeah. not any spoilers for the rest of the book. And if you really want to talk about spoilers, if you're a patron, we do have a spoilers like group chat in the Discord. So yeah. if you want to talk about it, talk about it there. Yeah. Because we can block that channel out and stuff if we don't want to look at it. Yep. Cool. So it's been a couple weeks. So here's a quick reminder of your hosts. Oh, yeah. They can't see our faces anymore. Can't. Yeah. Um, if you want to see our faces, they we have a YouTube video faces. of our last live recording from Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Oh man, I miss you all. That was so what? fun. That was so much fun. <laughs> what a convention. If Ash, Rogue Nine, was a type of various tracking system <laughs> or app, she'd be a mood tracker because she's really good at supporting people in her life when they're down. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice tonight. I think well, I know of. what Heath is going to be. I think we all know. I'm very emotionally. Is. I'm very emotionally vulnerable tonight, Meg. You can't do this with no warning. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm gonna do it. Well, all you've the got time. a bad time with this book, then. Yes. <laughs> Danny Rogue Six would be any of the various wildlife trackers because they like to know that their friends are doing okay and check in on them every so often. Oh, it's true. Sometimes he- I just pull up iNaturalist and I'm like, hmm, how are right. the grasshoppers doing today? Right. Just check in on them. Okay, do we want to take bets on whether Heath is going to be a running app or a pregnancy app? (laughs) Or like a poopy diaper app? (laughs) Yeah, okay, I guess that's more appropriate for the time. Yeah, we're not not making an announcement here. Just, there's no pregnancy (laughs) app anywhere. Well, (laughs) that's fine because you're both wrong. If Heath Rogue 3... Heath Rogue 3 would be the infamous Domino's pizza tracker because he needs (laughs) to know where his drunk pizza is so he doesn't accidentally order a second one while he waits. Does your pizza tracker app tell you um, (laughs) what music your driver is listening to? Yeah. I love that. So I remember one of the very... It's trashy is what we're going for tonight. (laughs) We had a couple options. (laughs) I I will adjust accordingly. (laughs) <laughs> I remember one of the very first interactions I had with Heath, because we didn't really talk much when we saw each other in person, mm-hmm. was you were listening to an episode of Skyhoppers in which Ben and I had to interrupt it in the middle because our pizza came. I, yeah, I do remember that. And you yeah. tweeted at us like, oh, they're cool. They stopped yeah. the like, mad respect. <laughs> Tough Rogue Seven would be an anti-tracking tracker because she wants to keep all of her secret comings and goings to herself. <laughs> and there's the biggest problem with um our current COVID situation is that now I now have to track everywhere I've been, and so everyone can know where I've been. And it's you hate it. I hate it. I just want to come and go mysteriously, like I should. Right, like a little gremlin. <laughs> yeah, Let like Saf be a cryptid. Let me be a cryptid. It's all I want in life. Yep. It's like asking a kid, like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I want to be Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I would rather be Mothman. I want to be Mothman. He seems cooler. Well, Mothman Seth, what do you cool. want to be when you grow up? No, no, Mothman. I know who I want to be. I want to be Nessie. <laughs> yeah. She seems cool. Nessie's cool. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would really just be a really long note of workout abbreviations that may or may not make sense in hindsight because <laughs> I think that I know best rather than some dumb track. That's, That's pretty specific, fair. Meg. Yeah. I have one of those. I have several notes that are like that. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. That tracks. It, ah! Ah! <laughs> well, speaking of a lot of words that only one person can understand, I have a question about Star Wars. 
Okay. There were there were a lot of ways we could get about sad, sad about Star Wars this week. Oh boy. But uh, oh, no. we have to talk about Gina Carano. Oh boy. And what I don't I want to talk about her. is the things she's saying, because the things she's saying are terrible. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go onto Twitter and find it. What I do want to talk about is how do we reconcile this? Like, we, you know, Heath was not on the Podrelorian, um, so I'll speak for the rest of us. We really enjoyed the first season of The Mandalorian. And in particular, we are very big fans of the character of Cara Cynthia Dune of Alderaan. So now what? How do we move forward knowing that the person portraying her in the next season has got these really hurtful and hateful things and is causing a lot of harm in the community right now? Oh, yeah. because I just I mean, want to no... say... Oh, sorry, yes. go ahead. Ashko. Actually, Ashko, you cared about her character a lot. I just want to say, I want to, like... Because I was so, like, vocal about how much I liked not only, like, Cara Dune and Gina Carano, I feel like I need to say the things she's saying right now are, like, reprehensible and unforgivable. And it's hurting a lot of people. And to answer your question, Danny, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Which is totally I'm valid, because I don't either, so I'm asking. There's, like, a par- there's a part of me that's like, I can separate the art from the, the artist or whatever, or the mediocre performance from the character that I happen to really <laughs> like and connect with. Um, but the other part of me is like, well, it's kind of ruined now. You know, and those like positive emotions I had about the character aren't necessarily gone now, but it's different. It's like I can't go back to that again, mm-hmm. but I don't know what the appropriate response is to that. Because I know some I... people can definitely separate character from like art from artist, um, like a lot easier, but I tend to really struggle with that. Like the moment I know, like I used to really like brand new the band, and now I can't listen to them anymore because of yeah mm-hmm. stuff. Um, like, I really struggle with that because I mean, in some way, everyone is part of their art, even if they don't really intend to be. Um, and I guess seeing her face will make me be like, "You piece of shit." But also, I did really love Cardoon, and so it is really hard to know where to go with that. And it's kind of like a catch twenty two, I think, because The Mandalorian has a lot of great people working on it, like Pedro Pascal, yeah. who's been very vocal about, you know. <laughs> being an ally for trans rights and things like that and, yeah. and a good person in general. and a, just being like, a good I don't person give up on the show because no yeah and i don't think the right people. yeah and i don't think the right response is just to go well fuck the mandalorian i guess you know and not watch it just because of one person but i don't really know how to like reconcile with the fact that she's in it i don't know maybe our greatest fears from the end of the podrillion last time where she wouldn't be in the season very much will all pan out <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think i think that's also important to note that like although although this is like all coming to light now um there are like Mandalorian season 2 is like done right like it's it's been filmed it's been written yeah. like there's really nothing that they like i can't imagine them doing anything to it to like change anything um few circumstances that that will happen with and this is not one of them yeah yeah um and so I think it's, it's not as, like, for me, it's not, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, I like, I think watching it for me won't be as like hurt. Like, I won't feel betrayed by like the Mandalorian as, as a TV show because she's in it during season two, because like, I knew that this was all done before, like, right. we, we knew all this, even though like, yeah. that doesn't change that she's had 
she, you know, these aren't probably new opinions. These are probably things that she right. thought um, and have just now come to light because people making fools of themselves, um, which is good because we need to know, like, who do we actually want to put our faith behind? Um, but like, I, what I'm really waiting for and what I'm interested in is that we haven't seen anybody else in the cast or production team say anything. I imagine yeah. well, that's for legal reasons, which is frustrating. But as the yeah. thing was happening with um Bioware and Dragon Age at the moment, um, yeah, and, and of, so yeah, there's just some stuff happening there, and pretty much they can't. Um, but there was one developer being like, we literally cannot say anything because of our lawyers, and it might be similar with this. Yeah. So it's just it's hard to know um, what to do because like this this was also a problem. Um, if y'all watch Dragon Prince right yeah oh yeah you know this happened for about season three but then like people who worked on it people who were victims of the harassment um you know came forward and said please still support dragon prince like um and so it was easier for some people for me at least to still like watch it and like still like be connected to it because i know um that like even the people that were hurt by this still believed in it um so like mm-hmm. for me it's just like even though it's yes for legal reasons probably no one's saying anything but like it's still really hard to know um and like it's how i think if people care oh. like does the rest do do the directors does the creative team care that this is happening and like that's what really makes me feel uneasy um because like Star Wars does not have a good track record of addressing the issues that fans have about harassment and about like people who are shit. And so like the silence is understandable, but like as a fan, it's just one more thing that Star Wars is like failing at. Um yeah. and makes me like feel and like yeah, it just makes me feel really sad that The Mandalorian which was like one of the best new things about Star Wars is now like this. And like, if announcements aren't made between like seasons two and three, um, that like address it, then like, I don't know if I could support it after that. I have a feeling something will probably happen because I imagine there'll be like clashes between the main actors now. Cause it seems like Pedro is probably not a fan of what's happening here. Um, and if those two don't even have that chemistry on screen anymore, then like they're going to have to deal yeah. And I mean, it's a, she's a woman in Star Wars. They could just kill her off. It's just, it's really hard. Because one thing with like the Dragon Prince thing, my understanding of that situation is it was, it was like the showrunner. Yeah. Right. And when it's like the showrunner of something, I think it's way harder to remove like the art from the artist. But when it's a cast member of something, it's really, really hard to just say, well, screw the rest of this thing entirely. And that's kind of the problem that I'm having right now. It's like, I loved The Mandalorian and I made no secret of that. And it's like, I don't know if I can love it in the way that I did. And I wish that I could. I wish this situation never happened. Um, and even like, though there are still so many good parts of The Mandalorian, like The Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, him, like <laughs> the main guy. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a hard thing to c- come to. It kind of sounds overly dramatic, but it's kind of like a hard terms, hard thing to come to terms with, especially no, when I think that's so dramatic. something I really loved and brought me like a lot of joy in a time that was really difficult and was like a like a lifeboat for me in a lot of ways during that time 
It's just I think it's that's totally valid, Ash. I think that this is this is stirring up for me like a thing that I've been reconciling with for a while now is just kind of the idea that there is no unproblematic media. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like if you dig deep enough, there's some asshole working on some project. And the unfortunate thing about this situation is that that person happens to be someone whose face we have to watch and be reminded of her words every time we see her on screen. And so it's it's again, how do you separate? And and if you can't, like that's legit. I think that you know, let's say, for example, as a certain author of a certain beloved book series who has also been, <laughs> yeah, digging <laughs> her heels in on some anti-trans rhetoric <laughs> recently, and and you know, yep. it's really hard to separate that because she's so closely linked to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know where I have always fallen on issues like this is you can't like you can't unlove something that you already love, you know? Like, but, like, moving forward, we we now know who she is. Mm-hmm. And anything she's in moving forward is going to be just a hard no. And if Lucasfilm and Disney, after seeing who she is, bring her back for a season three, mm, probably not going to be terribly interested in watching it. Yeah, like, yeah. But like, like you said, Meg, like, this... Season two, which is coming soon, was filmed before she revealed herself for who she is. And I think I I think it's possible to separate the the art from that in that situation. I think this is one of those things I'm not gonna know until I start watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Right. Because again, we don't know what season two might suck. <laughs> Right. It might suck, or, it might or she might her. get eaten by Bosk. Like we yeah. don't know what's gonna like, happen. She might die in. She might die in the first episode, which is why she's we might doing discover... all this attention horror mongering. Yeah, <laughs> we might discover that she actually is a mother. Like secretly, she is a child, and then she dies. <laughs> really you know, doing revolutionary was... stuff with the series Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. She just finds out she has a kid and immediately keels over. It's like that's the Star Wars episode. principle. Like we just she that's turns into a wolf. Like, whatever. This just really sucks in particular, personally, which is a selfish way to frame it, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's like, because I've been a fan, of, I quote unquote fan of Gina Carano for a really long time. I used to watch her UFC fights with my dad. And now all of that is like tainted now. And it sucks. But um, it sucks. Sorry, that was a really selfish thing to say. I'm sorry. No, you're allowed it's to be true, selfish though. on Rogue Padron. And it's also not that selfish. And you're allowed to be selfish about this situation, too. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that a lot of people struggle with, with later discovering that, like, childhood things, the people who make them, or do them, are actually suck. Are actually suck? They actually suck. Um, If anybody wants to see her get beat up and eventually um, shot out of a moving airplane, you can watch Fast and Furious 6. (laughs) Great movie. (laughs) It's a good catharsis. Extremely, she's she's a bad guy. Like, go go watch that, or you can watch her ass kicked in Deadpool. Either yeah. way, you know uh, she's a villain. <laughs> Parentheses, she's a villain. <laughs> well, now I'm suddenly really happy that that Vanity Fair or whatever article that came out that was talking about season two that said that the majority of it was just going to be Mando and the baby. Great, <laughs> like. I was kind of disappointed about about it, and then now I'm like, thank God. Things we were worried about previously of, like, not having the female character appear that much in the show, I was like, oh, that's actually a blessing now. Phew. I'm like, you know what? I will just take a full season of of The Mandalorian, The Baby, 
and Carl Weathers. Thanks. Maybe some Grace in there, you know? <laughs> and John Carlo Esposito. Yeah. Hell yeah. Get some Moff Gideon in there with that dark saber. Yeah. So, in conclusion, we really don't have the answers. <laughs> Just going to roll right past that, that one. That was exactly what I intended it to be. We know. We know. <laughs> and uh, put that on my we'll, dating we'll figure it out Sorry. as we go on season two, and we'll be here for you. Yeah. And each other. Yeah. Speaking of um, being here for each other, <gasps> let's talk about some Shadowfall. <laughs> um, I know we posted our chapter breakdown on Twitter. Uh previously but as i was reading these chapters i realized that my kindle app had lied to me about the lengths of all of the chapters <laughs> and i'm gonna have to redo the chapter breakdown entirely so extremely we're actually inconsistent chapter links <laughs> extremely my kindle lied to me so hard like or no, like when it told when it told me that glow of darth vader had 875 pages right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah turns out my actual kindle doesn't lie to me it's just my kindle app assumes i read like 10 times faster than a normal person i guess oh, i don't okay. i truly do not <laughs> when looking for this right. episode i discovered that i accidentally downloaded alphabet squadron 25 separate times yeah. remember how i downloaded it like 37 times yeah i had six times <laughs> yeah it's really turns out this is a really easy thing for people to do um on netgalley because a lot of people replied to me being like yeah i did the same thing so netgalley maybe work on your um UI and UX a little bit. It might be a good plan. Don't, to don't okay, but talk also, to me for my twenty-five shadow falls. We really appreciate the free books. <laughs> we yeah. do really, I do it's, really appreciate like the thirty-seven well, copies of Shadow I'll, Falls. I'll have thirty-seven of them on my Kindle. It means I get it for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will. I will continue accepting this many copies of Shadow Fall on my Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, we're not being greedy or weird. It's just. It was just an accident. Don't worry about it. It was just an accident. <laughs> and please give me the next Alexander Freed book for free. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we're starting in part one, chapter one, obviously. I am going to be saying the part and chapter names because they're sick as hell. Part one is Under Ravenous Heavens. Mm. Oh, jeez. Chapter Oof. one. Six trillion suns and none. Oof. As in, like, star suns, not boy suns. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Polinius, which is not where we actually are right now, but it's Will's home planet is amazing. <laughs> We're not visiting. We're just being told about it again because Will is reminiscing. Uh, on Polinius, the world, the word city is synonymous with the word garden, which, like, fuck it. Nobody can describe anything like freed, so I'm just reading this bit out. <laughs> Settlements on Polinius grew on canyon walls like moss and sprouted from fro- forest floors, cultivated and tended to by the residents. In Cliff, where Will learned to fly the Sir Avkas, the streets flooded and changed with every monsoon, and the residents rearranged their homes to suit what fate and drainage made of the landscape. How fucking cool is that? I want to live here. Alexander Freed, you wordsmithing bastard. Oh, he's so good. He's so goddamn good. <laughs> I The first sentence of this book, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really upset that chapter one just starts off with Will, and it already, like made me fragile like chapter one <laughs> had me fragile from the get-go and especially knowing that volume three is called victory's price and will is on the cover like this whole time i'm just like in i'm already mourning i'm already mourning and i don't yeah, know i'm in happened. pre-mourning for this yeah <laughs> he's gonna like, get gavined and we're all gonna be sad like knowing freed he's setting it up to feel very obvious that that's gonna happen and maybe he won't but like also I don't know what I don't to believe. Yeah, instead, the Everybody victory's price will be that Will. Will is the only one alive at the end of it all. Yeah, like, I'm kind of yeah, expecting that's... that, honestly. Wow. That's, I the hate vic- it. that's the price of victory. 
I hate both versions. Great. <laughs> I just hate it. Oh, oh God. Well, is this book's gonna be a fun time. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. It's okay, Meg. He's emotionally prepared for that because it already happened to the two squadrons before this one. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> He's just baby boy. Oh no. Oh, Will boy. has become a man. No. He doesn't Will's have um a week or two years away. Star Wars loves happy ending. <laughs> oh man. I just one thing Star Wars does it's happy ending. If there's Alexander anything Freed I know about Alexander Freed, it's that he loves a good happy ending. Nothing bad ever happens <laughs> to anybody in Star Wars, is what I've learned. It's all good. Nothing bad ever ever happens. Not at all. Um actually like quick call out to uh Alex Freed's I'm not calling him out, I'm just shouting out to um <laughs> previously... quick calling yeah, out Alexander. I'm calling him in. Is that Alexander um, Freed's music? He's the only Star Wars author we like. Be nice. Because <laughs> um, he previously worked um, at Fox running a game studio. Um, I can't remember what the game studio was called. But they were kind of like the choices thing where they would come up with like little little interactive stories that you could like pick what choices you want to do and everything. Um, and his, the one that he was writing, like he ran studio, but the one that he was writing was one called, I think it was like the Garden City or something like that. And like... Not the same as this, but his writing for this made me think of that, and I was like, oh, that was so good. And then Fox shut down the studio, and now you can't play the games anymore. And it fucking sucks. So, uh, <laughs> please, God, stop taking away the things that Alexander Freed writes in games from me. Well, that's just what he does instead. He takes away the things that he writes from his readers. Yeah. It's fine. It's good. Mm. Anyways, Will has visited a lot of planets since leaving Plinius. Plinius. Sorry, I scrolled down from the name. <laughs> now, now that he's on Troyth, he realizes that he's never actually seen a city before because this is a city. But now it's a city on fire. Um, <laughs> as Will loops around in his A-wing. <laughs> on the boulevard below, he spots two groups fighting with a transport ship hovering over one side and leading loose. It's a U-wing because it's Kairos! Yay. She's here. Will and Neff make their attack runs on some fucking big metal thing with four legs and an insectoid head. What the fuck is this? Oh my god, it's an ant. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what is happening? <laughs> I wrote these notes as I was reading. I legitimately, as he was describing it, my brain was just like parsing it entirely wrong because I read insectoid head and I was like, what the fuck is this big metal bug that the Oh my Empire god, it's an ATAT. <laughs> and then I read. Well, being like, ah, yes, this is an Imperial Walker that I've seen holograms yeah. of. And I was like, oh my fucking god, it's an edit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Saffles. It's no. the big thing from Star Wars, you know? know. They fly a ship around. <laughs> to be fair to Saff, which is not a thing I say very often, so enjoy this moment. <laughs> oh, I to be will. fair to Saff, is insectoid the first adjective you would think of when you think of an adat head? I think of them as like metal dogs. Yeah, like my brain is like, like no, like but it was, it was, I don't know, I don't know. I guess like the little things kind of do look like men. <laughs> the yeah. gun, I guess. Yeah, the gun. Are you referring to the guns? I'm referring to the guns. Ash, the little guns. <laughs> I mean, I guess the big guns. Oh my gosh. Anyways, Will, unlike me, recognized this at, at instantly because he's seen them in holograms. And he's heard Satanique and Sonagari tell stories about uh, rip. two characters referenced in the first book, if you didn't know that. Sonagari smooched Will at one point. Yeah. And Satanique and Satanique is a bird a person. 
was yeah they were flirting and Chaz didn't realize it until much later and then they actually like got together i guess i don't know I miss everybody died <laughs> i missed those characters they were from like what meteor squadron or whatever it was called i don't know uh, this previous squadron. Medi- meteor squadron right oh right squadron, right squadron. <laughs> no actually meteor squadron is in this book because i remember reading it and being like right squadron meteor. yeah it's right squadron i remember reading it like writing these notes and being like meteor meteor Me- meteor. Oh Any- meteor anyway <laughs> oh my god topical just prayer handsing <laughs> my way through this this one looks like a cargo carrying model like we see in rogue one uh but that makes it no less deadly will goes high to capture the atat's attention Nath calls him out for talking to his ship, and Will is not embarrassed. Good. Live your damn life, Will. Talk to your car. Will and Nath in this first scene are so cute. I, I love the, them! The, the rapport that, like, they already were building such good rapport in the first book, but now they're just like BFFs. They're and it's BFFs. so great because they're so different, and it just, it, I love it. Oh my god, it them. warmed my heart. 20 years I, apart, I think it mentioned at one point. Yeah, I love yeah. them so much. Ugh, so good. Nath goes in low and launches his ordnance of ion torpedoes. The AT-AT tries to move, but gravity takes <laughs> over and it comes crashing down, taking a big tower with it. A woman thanks him for the assist over the comm. Will asks if there have been any civilian sightings, but she tells him that his place was pretty well abandoned. Will, bless his goddamn heart, is so worried about collateral damage and hurting innocents because he is a good boy, but maybe this isn't the job for you, A good dude. boy who's in the wrong place. <laughs> wrong profession if you don't want anyone to die yeah and he knows it to become a pastor or something he does know it but he's trying his best yeah the woman over the comm asks kairos to back off a little bit because she's blocking the light and nath jokingly asks if she's feeling overprotective and of course she doesn't reply but i'm sure Mm. she is nath hits up will in a private channel and tells him that they were as careful as they could be to not hurt anyone they're interrupted, so he's reassuring Will, which is very sweet. They're interrupted by the woman, again, telling them that the target's been acquired. Ha! Huh, it's the classic Navy infantry rival we saw in Twyco. Except we're on the other side now. We're Now we're the Navy, not the infantry. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, because we're in the water. Yeah. Ugh. No. I mean, if the water is space, yes. <laughs> that that is, that is how it works in Star Wars, right? The that water is, is space because the, the water is space. The flying people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> But there's also water and dust. There is also water. So who are the uh, who are the uh, what's the branch of the military that fights on the water? I don't know. <laughs> that is would be just... the navy or the coast guard. Duck Does Star Wars have a coast guard? Uh... <laughs> That's a really good question. If you have a sky navy, do you also have a water navy? <laughs> this is something I've legitimately never questioned about Star Wars or Halo or literally any of the sci-fi books I've read because none of them. I guarantee seventeen listeners are already halfway through writing their tweet to us about this very. There question. has to be so a like... star- wait, wait, wait. there has to be a Star Wars Coast Guard. Yeah, there's definitely a Star right? Wars Coast Guard. Depending on the because place. the I Coast Guard's like a branch of the military that's not a branch of the military. It's different. So yeah, but I think I think any operations would still just come out of the like. Mil- like the the main like military like even if it is on water really fight on water because they could just fly ships over the water right exactly like they don't <laughs> they don't really have like military are there, are there boats vessels. in star wars discuss sorry there, we there did see that yachts no we did see that stuff. yacht in canto bite that was also a spaceship <laughs> yeah well that's boat. the thing is that like if you can build spaceships, then like boats, boats to fight are like kind of 
not really the point. And not every planet has water on it. And like, therefore they didn't necessarily have to develop like a really specific arsenal for it. Interesting philosophical question we got into here. <laughs> There's oh. submarines. There are submarines. It's how they get to all the underwater worlds and also all the bigger fish. God. Yeah, but though the ones that we've seen have been like personal craft and not like military craft. Stick some guns on it, it becomes a military craft. No, it doesn't. It just uh, it's a personal craft that has guns on it. <laughs> it's personal protection at that yeah. point, right? Because like wave skimmers and stuff guns. can be armed and things like that, but like it doesn't mean that it's a military craft. Anyway, Cerberon is technically a system. <laughs> It's a personal system, but it's not. <laughs> oh it's not God. a star system because there ain't no stars here. Uh, everything orbits the Cerberon singularity. One day, everything will be devoured by the black hole. But today, right. it's not that day. Quote: <laughs> Against Darn. the glowing heavens right. of the dense galactic deep core, the black hole had the distinction of being both the brightest and darkest object in the sky. Black hole. Damn. Is so cool. Also, I got slight, like, Crystal Star vibes from this, just because it was just, like, a black hole system, I think. It's all connected. It's all connected. Oh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Oh. Alex Freed knows how to rhyme Star Wars. It sure does. You know he was thinking of the Crystal Star when he wrote this part. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Chess genuinely cannot understand how anyone can live here without going crazy, and does not think it's white fighting for it all. She doesn't understand military strategy, I guess. No. What was the, there was, there was a line where she said, uh, but they were winning the war and that meant that they had to fight for stupid things or something like that. That's yeah. the line, like, yeah. That's like the thesis of Star Wars right there. <laughs> it really is, yeah. She's chilling out in an asteroid field telling a story about the slip glass conglomerate. She's just basically spinning a bunch of lies about her path. She's trying to make it like really obvious that she's lying and yet Quell will not take the bait and it's just like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Quell's just like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very clear that Quell is like scrolling on her phone, not listening to a word that Chess is saying. <laughs> <laughs> Chess can't tell if Quell is mocking her or if she's just trying to be friends and she's really useless at it. And I have a feeling it's probably the latter. <laughs> probably that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They approach the target and CB8, uh, Quell's new droid, offers input. And it, Quell and her new droid apparently are not getting along well <laughs> because her old droid died in the last book. Cute There's a Western eight. Reacher's mention. I just like to call it out when they happen. It's nothing important. <laughs> Chess lets loose on the asteroid that's their target, and a bunch of ties come streaming out of it. They can't even stay in formation. Lol. Uh, useless. <laughs> useless ties. <laughs> a ship emerges behind the ties, and Quell tells Chess to let it go. The ground troops have captured the hideout it'll be heading to, and so they can't make it look like they're letting it escape, because they want to go to the ground troops. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. fine. Um, they have two choices now, running from being outnumbered, or fight like hell while trying not to win. Obviously, <laughs> Chess wants the latter, and seems that Quell does too. They'll fight for 60 seconds, and then run and pick it dicey. Okay, these are two people who are in the correct place and time right now, unlike yep. Will Lark. Yep. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Chess likes the new and improved Quell, and then she goes off and she has fun making a mess of the battlefield. Quote, yep. instinct- Chess is in such a good mood right now. Yeah. It's nice to see Chess, like, Living the living her best life. It's nice to chess living her life. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. She doesn't currently wish for death, so that's pretty good. <laughs> you know what? The bar is different for different people. Yeah. No, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel chess. <laughs> so 
to quote, instinct told Chess a dozen ways she could win and 50 more she could die. But she'd learned in the past weeks that death was a broken promise. God. Yay. <laughs> so she, she might as well enjoy the She's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. My, you might she need a shifting of your priorities there, but... Uh... She doesn't trust death the cubs, so you might as well live. <laughs> It's better it's than not that nothing. I'm a death it wish. Just, I just don't personally. It, so. I can't die. I oh, just gosh. haven't died yet as much as I want. To. Yeah, so I might as well just do my thing. The yeah. combination of Chas being on the cover of the book and starting this book in such a quote unquote good place <laughs> is extremely worrisome for the future of Chas. <laughs> nah, it should be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, it's starting to get a little bit dicey, and the rest of Ab Squad arrives and. Quell is like, you got your 60 seconds. Thanks, Quell. <laughs> the fight continues, but by the time Nath arrives in his slow-ass Y-Wing, there's nothing left for him to fight. Yeah, it's Will zooms crap. in. like, <laughs> And even Cairo zooms in to shoot people, and Nath yeah. is just like putting along. He gets her and he's like, oh, okay, I guess it's over now. I have this also theory Nath's that Nath, Nath knows nothing about like military strategy because he only ever shows up at the end of the fight in his Y-Wing. <laughs> He's like, wow, that like, went so well. Oh, that was so easy. Fight's my... over already. Yep, I was here the whole time. Totally. My new headcanon is that the only thing a Y-Wing ever did was, like, help destroy the first Death Star. But that was, like, their first military operation where they actually got to do anything. So they're all just very confused. Gold Squadron is just a mess. <laughs> oh, Because Y-Wings. Likely. The fight Sorry. continues. Oh, I already said that. Um, Will goes to look for any survivors of the fight. Oh. And... Quell gives them all orders, and then she calls someone Shion, and I was like, who the fuck is Shion? Isn't that a Star Wars, like, Kingdom Hearts name? Um, that's right. <laughs> Shion! <laughs> so, a character in The Mandalorian. Um, Quell's, it was one of Quell's old Thai squad mates, which is mentioned a few times in the previous book. Um, she actually generally called Nath that without even, like, thinking about it, and luckily nobody calls her out on it. Yeah, that's real awkward. Yeah, that's Super real awkward. Everyone's just like, uh... <laughs> Do we say anything? And it's no, like very say. unlike her squadmates not to call her out and make fun of her for it. So they're like, they're all in like a really oddly compassionate mood right now. They've had a good day. Things have yeah. been going well. They've been winning fights for once. After they're done there, they head back to Troyth where the solar projectors, because there's no sun, it's just a black hole, they have solar projections, um, have dimmed to twilight. Once upon a time, Troyth rivaled Coruscant in the Old Republic, but Coruscant won out in the end because of its bigger population and blah, blah, blah. By the time of the Clone Wars, it was pretty well declining. Uh, so the population had actually welcomed Palpatine's role because he promised to bring glory back to Troyth. He only kind of kept that promise because he's Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And isn't it just like slowly being sucked into the Black Star? Yeah, everything in the um, system is slowly being sucked to the to the black hole and will eventually perish. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it will that's take a, a long time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not going to happen anytime soon. Okay. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for capitalism. See, you put the black hole to your lips, but you don't smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That is a a, like 2014 Tumblr reference. Oh, but it's so good. So good. What? I'm sorry. I've been silent for like 20 minutes, but that woke me up. It's like from the fault in our stars. It's or from something. the fault in our stars. There's this really pretentious character who puts cigarettes in his mouth and is like, "Yeah, you put the thing that you can kill you like in your mouth, but you oh, don't yeah, smoke yeah, it." Yeah. I've, I've read that book. It's a pretty good book, but yeah, that's really pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> they get back to the Lord Star, and that's they... 
Don't let me hang out with the stick of dynamite in my mouth. I just, just don't light it. I just get a thrill from... <laughs> <laughs> Sucking on this dynamite. <laughs> I thought you said fucking on this dynamite. I'm like, stop. <laughs> no. Ash, you need to go into mandatory timeout for the next three minutes, I think. <laughs> Too dangerous. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> my chest hurts. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done <laughs> the team gets back to the lodestar Ness says that they could smell the carbon scoring of the ship from far away and Chess comments that that's his kind of woman <laughs> <laughs> a woman that needs a good scrubbing apparently <laughs> you know what I really want to bone down with Ness <laughs> I'm going to put that in my dating profile I need someone that would like a good scrubbing please <laughs> yes I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> Nath and Will reunite on the ground. Will is described as slender. Thanks, Reed. Of course he is. <laughs> slender boy. Okay, Freed, is- Freed uses yeah. slender twice in these first four chapters. Do you think Freed secretly listens to us? I, I sure so. hope not. I hope so. I Do really you think, like, so. Odie McOatface is Freed's burner account? No, we've met so Odie. We've met Odie. We've met Odie. <laughs> I've, I've met Odie and I've also met Alexander Freed. Odie, uh, I see Odie and Freed in the I same place. I really apologize for Danny not remembering meeting you. <laughs> what is it? It's Jiro. Really what is it? Jiro. The Jiro the Hut account. Jiro the Hut. Yeah, Jiro the Hut. Oh, yeah. Jiro the Hut. Yeah. Jiro yeah. the Hut. Jiro sandwich. Jiro <laughs> the Hut for your Greek lunch needs. That's my, my new Star Wars themed Greek restaurant. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yes. What a, what a niche audience. <laughs> I don't know what, why I'm like this tonight. I'm sorry. Don't even mind. Ash, you're being such a troll. For. It's so unlike you. <laughs> What's gotten Chess into you? I have no idea. fucked off to do whatever she does. Whatever. And Quell is probably I also love, up hang a- on. I love that Seth is trying to play the role of Meg right now. Like, I'm going <laughs> to ignore so these assholes. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Chess is fucked off. Quell is probably huddling up with a a a, da- a Don to discuss plans. Kairos, though, joins up with Nathan Will for a little while. She's been silent and weird as per usual. Ah-ha! Oh man, here he is. Okay, he's a boy. Um, Carver, oh, oh yeah, hold on to your butts. Yeah. <laughs> Carver greets him, being a little shit as is his way. You may remember Carver from me inexplicably making sure I mentioned him multiple times when we read Twilight <laughs> Company because he's in Twilight Company. And he is still alive, baby. And he didn't do much in Twilight Company, but we sure did talk about him a lot. That's why yeah, we, he didn't sure die. Is because he didn't do much in Twilight. <laughs> he actually did a lot. He just he was kind of more of a senior commander person. Yeah. yeah. Carver was great. Anyways, Carver is still alive and he's here. And maybe there was a reason I made everyone with Twilight Company before this. <laughs> just so that for we Carver. get this oblique reference in chapter one of Yes. Yep, exactly that. That's why. Oh wait, no, there's another one in this. Never mind. There is. Kyrus yeah. leaves because she's not one for talking, and Will <laughs> tries to duck out, but Nath pulls him into conversation with Carver and the ground to- troops. Ab Squad has been working with the 61st Mobile <laughs> Infantry, which is a familiar name. Hmm. Oh my gosh. I was legitimately I don't know so what excited that is. about this. That's Twilight <laughs> Company, Twilight. baby. It's Twilight Co. It's Twilight Company. Yeah. Um. You can tell that I paid so much attention. <laughs> 
It's okay. I actually, when I was reading this from the book Twilight Company. Yeah. When I was reading this book, I um actually like got really excited and I put it down and I messaged Megan and I was like, Megan, I just want to make sure Twilight Company is a 61st mobile infantry, right? And she was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, very exciting for Twilight Company fans <laughs> to finally have a random reference to it. Nath tells Will to be charming as a jittery woman named Twitch talks, probably bitter and sharp, um, because... <laughs> Uh, she's back. Relying on these people. Twitch is back. <laughs> We've got these the are back together. Founders. Ground pound. Oh, I love them. I'm. S- this made me so happy. Yeah. When when I did read this, I was like, huh? oh, oh. <laughs> they did the thing. They did the oh. thing. <laughs> I'm so glad my plan to make everyone twi- read Twilight Company first worked out. Because like, I was reading this book, I was like, I cannot say anything about this, but it's so good. Yeah, you're right. really good at being subtle about it. Yeah, I know you were not. <laughs> I, know. I know. We just didn't know who, though. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know exactly what it was that I kept, like, like what exactly it was going to be that would come up later. I mean, we I was worried it... when the first sentence of the book was, on Polinius, the word city is synonymous for Gadrin. And then I reread it again. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thank goodness. <laughs> for Gadrin? <laughs> is Polinius really the homeworld of the Bessalus? <laughs> It might be. Is Will secretly a vessel? <laughs> well, Polly means many. Really Does Nias mean arms? Yes. Uh, maybe. Many arms. There you go. Is Will just a tiny human who was adopted by a world full of basilisks? Okay, Ben, you I must sure write that so. fic. I love it! I love that, it. that fic needs to exist. Headcanon accepted. <laughs> <laughs> And people people so, yeah, pointed out to him. They're like, they, "No, you're definitely adopted." And Will is just like, mm, "No, I don't no. see it. No, but yeah. we're the same in all definitely ways." Related. <laughs> so <laughs> Nath um, reminds that he needs to be nice to the ground troopers, the ground pounders, because um, yeah, if he ever gets shot out of his ship, he's probably gonna need them. Will says that Troy and Sinjula need these people, but he needs a damn shower. <laughs> Fair enough. Nath need, sticks around to celebrate with the ground troops. Quell eventually calls to tell them they've got a briefing tomorrow with Sinjula and to tell the others because you can't get a hold of them. They've got a plan. I know that Chapter name. Two. What, Quell or Sindula? Oh, Sindula. Yeah, Sindula. <laughs> yes, we do know the name. <laughs> stupid. You know how they say there are no stupid questions? There are stupid questions. That was one of them. <laughs> Insert yeah. Captain America, I understood that reference, dot give. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, so many familiar names. This is so exciting. You know, for 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 a, a galaxy far, far, a vast galaxy far, far away, it really does feel like three towns that are somewhat close to each other. Yeah. You to be know, fair, I hate, I these hate things do kind of work. This in... galaxy feels sometimes. Ugh. These things are all like in a pretty close like area. And, to be and fair, Ahsoka showed up. Hera's one of the least <laughs> things I think, like because it makes sense why Hera would be there. Yeah. But sometimes well, like, I'm just would like... still be sticking around. Twyko does not die. That's the whole thing. And of course, Freed put his team in a book he's also writing. Star, like, there. That is that is a like Star Wars Legends special. Like, you're I like, mean, oh. Star Wars Legends, like the galaxy really just felt like one somewhat small town. Yeah. But even more so, I think, if you read the same author's books, right? Because, I mean, they make these mm-hmm. characters... Yeah, it makes sense. They make these characters, they fall in love with them, they want to, like, check in with them, and no one else is going to do because every other author's too busy checking in with all the other characters that they made and their other books. And that's why, like, that's why in, like, New Jedi Order 
in the 17 books, like why you have such a, a large picture of what's going on is because it's like, oh, hey, Aaron Alston, write, write, write a couple books for us. And he's like, okay, they're about Wedge. And, <laughs> and then you're just like, hey, Mike Stratpole, can you write a couple books? And he's like, yeah, Corin's in this one. And we're like, all right. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. That's my emotional support fly boy. Right. Like, it's just- <laughs> It's just what they do. And that's great. I think that's great. Like, and I think this really, was a particularly literally, really fun one. Literally nobody else would ever mention a Twilight Company character. Like that would never, I never expected to hear from it's Twilight true. Company ever again. And then when I yeah. saw them in this, I was just like, this, some of them are still alive. They're still going. They're still it's fighting. It's like when in it's like when Inferno Squad was in Resistance Reborn. I was like, I didn't think we'd ever hear from you ever again, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah, yeah, it's all those little things. We're just like, oh, you're still sticking around. You, you're stubborn. You're scrappy. You haven't died yet. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and to be fair for Freed, he does actually work pretty well at like tying in things from other parts of the galaxy. So he does his best. But he does also yeah. mention things from Uprising and Twilight Company and Rogue One a decent amount. And I'm I like that. I'm here for that. <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> chapter two. And an honest day's work. Hey, it's Soren, that guy from the last book. He's on the bridge <laughs> of the. Hi, Soren. Soren Keys. Of the two He's fictional the Sorens of which I am familiar, this is the lesser of the two. Yeah, this is not my favorite Soren. <laughs> I think is that a dragon Soren, prince? He's very much. It is, it is a dragon, dragon very much my archetype. Prince. Listen to Jolly Tarts in bed. Okay, cross promotional yeah. moment over. Check. <laughs> it is my archetype. I I like him. Um, he's on the bridge of the Eyrie. Eyrie, whatever the fuck it is. Um, you got he's it. dreaming about being in a tie fighter. Obviously, not like. A clothing tie. Gabler he just dreams all day of being able to wear a tie. He's like, God, I want to be in a casual office so bad. <laughs> Gablerone tells him that Squadron 4 is in position for whatever they're doing, and he tells them to proceed as planned. I just wanted to say the name Gablerone. There was nothing really important about that. I mean, I kept crew... calling him Toblerone in my head. <laughs> so did I. So okay. did I. I was like, Gablerone. <laughs> Gablerone. <laughs> did Free just look around and see a Toblerone and was just like, yeah. <laughs> he was riding in an airport and he saw one of those big ass <laughs> Respect that. <laughs> the bridge crew of the Aerie is silent and stiff, and Soren knows that chatty officers are actually like better to have because they're comfortable with their duties. He's gonna have to circle back to that at some point. <clears throat> For now, it's his pilots in danger, so they've got his focus. Lieutenant Cedia, who I'm pretty sure was mentioned in the previous book, is the newest member of the squadron because people keep dying. Um, Soren blames his absence for that. He commands on the bridge as fighting happens, ruminating on how their tactics are more akin to the cruelty of the Rebel Alliance back in the day. Because it turns out you gotta fight dirty when you're outnumbered and outgunned. Oh, how the tables have turned. Squadron 4 has changed a lot since his days back in it. Shadowing in general has. After Grandma died, Grandma Neurus, uh, the previous leader of Shadow Squadron, Shadow... Wing, he decided to take command in honor of her memory, and also because he feels guilty for abandoning his people. Except, nobody really trusts him because, you know, he he ditched them previously. Whoops! Who could have seen that coming? He remembers being Devon, and mourns the loss of that life, because he had not appreciated the luxuries of mercy and time. Cedia strays a bit from the flight pattern to shoot up a bunch of hazardous vaults on the outskirts of the colony, which Soren had advised against beforehand. He congratulates her on rendering the entire Jabronov colony radioactive, and he's clearly not thrilled. Uh, but Cedia is a little shit, and she's like, who gives a shit, man? Everyone is just 
a little disrespectful of him. Now that his pilots are out of harm, he turns his attention to what they came for. A salvage sled with the wreckage of nine ties. They risk their lives for this? Very familiar to um, Rogue Squadron's days of like running out of ships because one of those would be destroyed and they didn't have any more. Turns out the Empire's in that position now. It's good. I like that. It's a good feeling. Anyway, Soren is like, these are our ships. They are vessels of the Empire. We're going to make them fly again. Someone (laughs) who is clearly not happy with the route that this place is taking whispers, let's just burn down a planet already. Which like, oof. Maybe, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't joke about that. That's always their go-to. Yeah. Yeah, maybe don't joke about the genocide you committed previously. <laughs> I mean, luck. of course they're gonna joke about it because they don't think it's a big deal. Also, are they joking? <laughs> no, I guess they're not joking. I think they genuinely want to burn down a planet. Yeah, they definitely want to burn down a planet. It's like, it's been a, it's been a minute. Let's burn down a planet. That's what we do. It's how they know we're the bad guys. I'm a that bad just... guy in a Star Wars story. My options are burn down a planet or create a super weapon that burns down a planet. That's all <laughs> I know how to do. <laughs> Either way, some planet. And I'm a lot of super weapons, so. <laughs> Soren himself is not actually thrilled at having to salvage messed up ties and getting pilots to fly when they're not even a cohesive unit. But that's all I've got right now, so he's just going to have to live with it. Shadowing is fragile, and he's determined to return it to its former glory. Good luck, dude. Said yeah, no fascist before ever. Yeah. Guy, like, Soren, my guy, you are a good person deep inside. You had gotten out of here. Why are you back? I know why he's back. Because he's he wants to keep people a dum-dum. Alive. FOMO. He's a dum-dum that wants to keep idiots alive, and these idiots are evil. That is the problem. <laughs> Chapter 3, Past and Future Glory. It's therapy <laughs> time. My favorite time. Yay. Uh, Quell is frustrated that she called Neth Shion, and she doesn't think he noticed. He did. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter if he did. Nath, it worked. That that part where you decided not to say anything, it worked. It worked. It worked. She doesn't think you noticed. Um, Ito questions if it really matters if he did, because they all know about her past. And she's like, they don't really know about my past. Not really. There's <laughs> one like, little okay, detail yeah. that I not haven't really. brought up yet. <laughs> um, she told See, me about that she's that. starting to remember things now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She's starting to remember things now. Uh, shout out to Cathar, planet of the Cathar, who are cat people. Uh, <laughs> the lesbian Jedi. In are Knights you sure it's Republic. not pronounced Cathar? <laughs> Cathar. Home of the cat uh, people. The lesbian Jedi in Knights of the Republic, who is the love of my life, is, a, is one of them. And she's very cool. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she remembers... A mission there not long after graduation from the academy. Her helmet had reeked of puke during takeoff and she just lived with it instead of complaining and then been caught cleaning it. When she found out that everyone else knew that Shion had grabbed her helmet when he had a moment of acute nausea. Which like, bro, at least clean it afterwards. Uh, that's a mood so, yeah, though. There's been times when I've been like, oh, this thing is making me very uncomfortable. I'm just not going to say anything about it though oh, until it becomes same, a problem. Big, same. Oh, Big I thought same. you were going to say, oh, that's a mood, though. I have to throw up. I'm going to grab my friend's hat. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to ruin your own hat. <laughs> Those hats are expensive. I mean, if it was, if the option was to throw up in a friend's hat or my hat, I mean. <laughs> friend's hat. Friend's hat. Yeah, I, I deeply related to Quill in that moment of just living with it and then trying to secretly, like, clean it. It's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Uh, Nothing fine. is bad. I can take it. Yeah. She's not sure why the mission with Ab Squad that she just had pulled that memory up, but that's happening a lot these days. 
Ito, Ito tells her that memory is a construct. Previously, she'd repressed her trauma, but now she's acknowledged it, and all of her memories are starting to resurface. That's fun. It's a good time. I love it when that happens. Good therapy, though. Like, Yeah, it is good therapy. Ito is very correct that this is what happens. This is 100% what happens. It's great. Quell thinks about how if Soren hadn't forced her out of the uh, Thai squat shadowing, that's what it's called, um, <laughs> she would have continued on. Now Ito knows that, and she can't lie to herself anymore. So it's no surprise that she feels so messed up, because she feels huge guilt for what she did, but she's also deceiving her squadron, who trust her with their lives every day. It's fine. Will she <laughs> let fun. Ito help her heal the injuries? She just wants to feel better if, like, the meantime is like, just medicate me if you have to. Ito is being a good therapist right now, and I, I love them. I really gotta say I appreciate how we're not wasting any time getting into, like, deep analysis of past trauma. Right. Yeah, no time wasted at all. With with a torture droid therapist. Just as a not reminder, in case anyone forgot. Yeah. Past and future glories, more like past and future traumas. Am I right? <laughs> oh, God. If that ain't a description <laughs> of this series, I don't know what is. Sure is. <laughs> Once in future traumas. <sighs> in Quell's mind, healing is a luxury, as I guess we saw in the previous book when she just kept flying with like a concussion and a broken arm. It's fine. Um, she just needs to finish Ab Squad's mission and get the hell out of Dodge. Get away from everyone who knows the truth and everyone who would judge her if they did know. Oh. Baby girl, that's not going to fix the problem. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Ito is interrupted by someone called Gravis. God Gra- damn it, Gravis. Gravis. You were actually getting somewhere. They were getting somewhere, Gravis. Sanjula and Adan are ready for Quell now, and they're both short on time, so she's got to go. The briefing is on the Lodestar, which was their ship from the last book, too. And just remind people in case you've forgotten. Um, Sanjula <laughs> is aware of the sightings of Shadowwing and the danger they pose. They can only assume that Shadowwing is rebuilding after Grandma's death. They don't know who's in command now, but Quell's best guess, guess is Rassus, who was mentioned in the last chapter, even though I didn't actually say it. Uh, and he's probably just following Grandma's last orders because he's a boring dude. Hera comments that the last time the two or fourth followed the orders of a dead leader, they caused the scouring of Necronus, which is a fair point. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Quell expects Adan to, like, be a fuckwit and twist the knife about her involvement in Cinder, but he doesn't. Wow. Oh, you did the bare minimum. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Adan. Character growth. Hera sums up the plan they've got. They could put the capital of Troyth under siege, but instead, Hera wants to attack it directly. They will have to move real fast, though, so they don't, like, all get killed. The tactical droids agree that it can be pulled off. They'll be able to take the planet, but anyone who'd want to take it would see an opportunity. Nath of course, gets the implication here. The two or fourth might be willing to come out to retake Cerberon if they see their opening. Adan will make sure that Shadowwing knows all about how valuable Cerberon is and how they can take it. They will leave a back door open and, like, have neon arrows pointing at it, basically. Everything Chess asks about it is need to know, which is fucking frustrating. <laughs> like, just give Chess something, please. Adan, surprisingly, openly admits how useful Quell's expertise has been. Chess looks bored, Nath is into it, and Will is worried about what's going wrong. What could go wrong? What if they put civilians at risk again? Hera tells him that the risk to civilians is no higher in this scenario than any other they could come up with. She's more worried about the battle group's casualties. She knows deaths will happen no matter what or how hard they fight to prevent them. They have to decide what stopping Shadowing is worth. Hera's job is deciding that, and she's going to do the best she can. 
Adana's just like, how much worse can we make their lives when they're already in a war? Buddy! Fucking <laughs> hell, Adana. That's not, like, the best philosophy to go into this with. <laughs> what? Adana not having the best philosophy? <sighs> Intelligence. Like whole thing. Someone... I- no someone... one ever taught Adan how to read the room. No. <laughs> that's that's extreme. For someone who works in intelligence, he's very bad at reading people. Yeah. Adan is like, read the room, and he starts looking for words on the wall. Right. Is there a secret around here somewhere? <laughs> is it a code? Afterward, Adan tells Quell that he expected Hera to call their bluff on the sightings. Quell says it's not a bluff. They have information, though it's really just speculation. But it's the best they've got. Since Pandem Nye, Adan has gone from insufferable to respected. He's been acting less shitty, like Quill hasn't caught him shouting at anyone so far, <laughs> but she can't help but read him as arrogant still. But he actually at least seems pretty competent. She has no complaints there. She might Character even respect him if growth? he didn't hold her life in his grubby little hands, which is fair. I would not respect someone who did that to me as well. They discuss the lack of resources spread across the battle groups. They gossip a bit about one of the commander people. She decides to question him a bit about his plan to get Shadowwing to Cerberon. By like, she's testing her leash a little bit there. Um, he's sure that he can do it. It'll be fine. No worries. Mm. <laughs> he's very confident in himself. Mm. They get to work doing analysis and shit, seeing what they can figure out about Shadowwing's movements. After they finish pinning down potential sightings, Adan asks her how Absquad's doing. Because, you know, they're, like, leader. How have I forgotten all of the ref- like actual words for things today? She is alphabet one. She says that they're all fine. They're performing better than ever, which is probably because <laughs> they're actually winning for once instead of being on the run and being shot down. Will and Chess are getting along. Nath isn't being a pain in the ass. Again, the bar is slightly different for everyone. <laughs> it's so is... low. The bar it's is so low, so low right now. <laughs> it's so low. Ooh, he asks about Kairos, and Quill's like, I don't really know what you're asking me, but Kairos! Kairos. And he's just like, yeah, all right, that's fair. <laughs> Hashtag Kairos is Kairos. <laughs> I mean, Kairos is Kairos. Adon knows Kairos the best out of everybody. <laughs> I, like, in my brain, I'm like, he's asking her because he knows she has a crush on her. Um, even though I know that's not it. <laughs> but that's what my that's brain not is it. saying. I know it's not it, but that's what my brain wants it to be. Nasha Gravis arrives to say that they've had a formal complaint from the children of the empty sun who feel neglected. They are cultists. I'm sorry. The what now? Who feel what the now? The children of the empty sun. The children of the empty sun. Uh, the just empty like, sun is just like Chas said, hole. winning the war means you have to defend some real stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the empty sun is the black hole, clearly. Uh, Katadra is, which I keep reading as Katadora, which is the fucking Chira. That's not it. Chira. I know That's it's not. Um, <laughs> Is also in the system, and there aren't many of the children on Troyth, but there's enough to carry weight. And apparently the smugglers, who they just captured for moving supplies to the Empire, were also supplying the cult. So the cult's not great. Like, they're not super happy about that. Adam I mean, tells, cults, though. Yeah. Like, like cults, cults are generally bad. <laughs> they're generally bad, but they have enough weight to pull on this place that they could cause trouble. So Adan tells Gravis to try and smooth it over with discretionary funds. Um, a cult nearby with their, uh, some of their squadron people seems bad. Yeah. No, they're all they're very strong-willed that. and easily not swayed individuals. None of them fine. have definitely ever been in a cult before. Yeah, definitely not. It's fine. Uh, Don't think about it. Uh, Adan kind of like brags about knowing secrets about Gravis that Quell doesn't and she's just like dude the fuck okay but why does Qu- like why do either of them care right now 
Like, he doesn't actually no- care. Because we've known Gravis for like two minutes. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, Quo doesn't actually care, but Adam's like, oh yeah, like, oh, she's like, oh, sucks for her that she's dealing with the cult. And Adam's like, oh yeah, considering her history, like, wink, wink, wink I know something. And Quo's just like, bruh. Quo's like, you know that I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> He's such a little shit. This. I didn't see the point of like this entire scene after Gravis comes in. It's like, like it's like an intelligence dick measuring contest, but Adan is the only participant. But he already does this like enough. Like he does this all the time that I'm like, why 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 do we have to read this scene? <laughs> I don't know. It just <laughs> didn't make sense. <laughs> I think to hammer in that he's still doing it and that he still holds people's secrets like ransom. We know, Adan. And- because um, Gravis is obviously being quite blunt and rude to Quell. And so she's like, uh, did, did you tell her about my part? Does she know about Necronis? And Adan's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. I'll only tell people if they need to know. And which is actually a threat because nobody really needs to know about that at all. Right. I mean, people can hate her just for being in Shadowing or just for being an Imperial. Like it yeah, doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't really matter anything. And <laughs> there that are plenty she's like, of reasons for which people could hate Quell. Yeah. And she's also like standoffish and weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with your tragic past, Quell. You're just not sociable. Right. Like, <laughs> That's exactly. Ugh. I would like to yeah. say that to like but every I think... dude I knew in high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think as well, Quell's worried because of um, Adon, like doing the thing about bragging about other people's secrets like she's like he definitely does that to other people about me and i hate that mm-hmm. yeah um afterwards gravis escorts quell to the turbo lift and quell tells her that adan likes her more than gravis and gravis replies telling her it's not about trust adan likes quell more than she does quell laughs um like everyone in this squadron is clearly just trying to provoke reactions out of everyone around them at this point because, like, they don't know where they stand. They don't know where anyone else stands. They are living through trauma. Just a trauma blur. And I guess this is the way that they feel alive. I just... Quell, go hang out with your squadron. <laughs> right? This entire book, I keep being like, Quell, please just go hang out with your squadron. No. Quell, go to therapy challenge. <laughs> right. Go back, go finish your session with Ido, And then, like, go hang out with literally anybody <laughs> or not even you don't even have to talk to them just be in a place where other people are other people aren't adan yeah just like oh are, are people in the mess go to the mess very reliable that there are some people there like, there are usually people at the mess just yeah. just like watch other people and try to understand <laughs> people yeah. like, she doesn't understand yet because like she she went from like the empire which was like the empire and then she went to traitor's remorse which was a hellscape and then she joined the like the the new republic and she removes herself from literally every situation that isn't a mission in which she has to be with other people and it's like just be around other people <laughs> please 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 I just want to see the squadron become a family so bad. Oh, they have a lot. We got, so far, we have either um, 
Will with a weird uncle or with a very much older brother. <laughs> so <laughs> we get in there, you know. There we go. We got Kyra's one connection cares about them. Clearly, they've got like yes. some weird lady in a mask who like kills people who try to hurt them. Yeah, um, an important family member that we all have. I'm sure. Um, I wish. Yeah, I wish. Chess is not trying to die at least. Not actively trying to die at least. Mm. Uh, that's not the same as trying not to die though. <laughs> Gotta just make that clear. Anyways, after that little conversation, Quell laughs as the turbo lift doors close. And that is the end of that chapter. <laughs> I have no idea where this book could go from here. Uh, um, considering this is probably the high point of the book, <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> Everything's fine. Right, like this is everything going well for Alphabet Squadron, and I'm like, oh no. Can can Alphabet Squadron catch a break for like five minutes, maybe? This is their break. break. This is their break, and it sucks. (laughs) Now I'm really convinced that it's going to end with literally everybody except Will dying. Like that. Stop it! it. I'm so upset. The price to pay. It's the price to pay. No, it's the victor's price. Nope. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. It's a bad price. They're gonna rogue one us again, and I'm upset. Um, uh, yeah, I'm already upset. Who was the survivor in Rogue One? <laughs> uh, um, that's a really good point. The Death Star <laughs> plans. <laughs> Great. My favorite a tiny electronic disc, uh, or Bail Organa, I guess. It's not that tiny. Yeah, it was yeah a but he died very day. shortly after that. Yeah, yeah he didn't last much longer. Mon Ma- Wait, Mon Mothma is the survivor of Rogue One. <laughs> Great. Oh, damn it. Darth Vader is the survivor of Rogue One. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, yell! I think you might be right there. Leia is the survivor of Rogue One. Yeah, but she wasn't, like, on the mission. Yeah. Like, no one survive. on the mission. She was in Rogue One, though. Oh my so... god, that does not count. That does not count. <laughs> what? Weird, uncanny valley, weird face Leia doesn't count? That was my favorite. Does not count. The friends we made along the way. The survivors of Rogue One. I literally have a Uh, tattoo based off of that scene. The friends that we made along the way? No, Leia in Rogue One. (laughs) I was about to say that was unexpected. (laughs) For you to have a tattoo about the joke I just made. (laughs) Ash is very efficient when she needs to be. (laughs) Uh should we do listener questions? Yes, let's do listener questions. Are we at that point in the show? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I've yes. been, I have not been paying attention. Yeah, you yeah, kept down the show just, notes, didn't oh. you? Let's just keep going. Uh, all right, close to our <laughs> questions. Last time we apparently asked you, what is trioculus a metaphor for? Which I don't remember at all. <laughs> uh, it's okay, most of our listeners didn't either. <laughs> did we answer this? Don't worry about it. Yeah, just, remember, keep, just fine. I'm going to say we did. Cool. We did. Abigail said, so about Ray's third eye placement, one thing I remember from this book series is that there's a twist regarding where Triclops' third eye is. I don't like where this answer is going already. (laughs) (laughs) Triaculus is a metaphor for the inadequacy of the dark side. Just as he emphasizes his third eye being the element Palpatine was missing, he still has to compensate for his lack of force abilities with tricks. Each dark sider is driven by similar feelings of inadequacy. Is that's, that's just a marker for okay. uh, <laughs> one quarter. No, sorry. 
Each darksider is driven by similar feelings of inadequacy, though many of them project those insecurities on the galaxy around them, such as Dooku towards the Republic, Anakin towards the Jedi, Maul towards everything. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These feelings of inadequacy also tend to manifest as the failure to live up to the ideals of a father figure. Anakin feeling that he cannot meet okay. Obi-Wan's standards. Ventress and Maul endlessly chasing the affection approval of Dooku and Palpatine, respectively. Trioculus, in being the false son, replacing a failed son, is able to explicitly tie the themes of the dark side inadequacy to the complicated relationship of fatherhood. God damn, that was good. That, uh, that yeah, was like, far too out. serious for Rogue Quadrant. That was very good. <laughs> Abigail's always too smart. For us. She's way too smart for us. Too smart, too good, too serious. Yeah. But also really good. Yeah, amazing. Okay, but what is the twist with Triclops' third eye is? I need to I know. I'm, we'll I'm find out when we read the rest of the Jedi Prince <laughs> series. Uh, dinner leader said, as is true for all things in Star Wars, Triaculus is a metaphor for Ben Solo. <laughs> <laughs> All things. <laughs> Especially things oh my God. that were written. Things that have things Solo. that happened and were written 35 years ago. It's all about Ben Solo. Were written with Ben Solo in mind. Uh his Boy, third eye. Where Triaculous' from... third eye is. It's on the back of his head. <laughs> it's on the back of his head. Why? I don't know. Because that's where Ray's buns are. Trioculus. Uh... Sorry, Triclops was a human mutant slave claimed to be the son of Emperor Palpatine. It's possible that this relation may not have been in a strict biological sense, and that Triclops was the implementation of Dark Plagueis' experiments uh, with the influence of midichlorians with the goal of creating a zygote slowly through the use of the Force in a fertile humanoid male. Female. Female. (laughs) Female. What the fuck was Legions doing? Well, now you spoiled it. I was really looking forward to reading The Legend of Mount Yoda. <laughs> you Please. can write the show notes for that one. Okay. <laughs> Third eye is on the back of his head. What a fucked up Cyclops. Triclops. Oh my god. Heath, please finish reading this answer. <laughs> His third eye is a metaphor. I'm just going to pretend none of that. Yeah, yep. His third eye is a metaphor for Ben's ability to look deeper into the Force than most. His acquisition of Vader's glove is a metaphor for Ben finishing what his grand. Yeah, I can't finish this. (laughs) Which I'm not saying that. That was part of Dinner Leader's answer. It was a good answer, Dinner Leader. Are these sub answers? There this were responses. Too, responses yeah. that I thought might be worth including because uh, I don't get it, and therefore I assume that means it's funny. <laughs> Jacqueline <laughs> responded to say, "What about Kylo's hole, though?" And din- dinner leader, I'm very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> dinner leader responded and said, "Triaculus being an asshole is a metaphor for Kylo's hole," and I'm somehow <laughs> even more uncomfortable now. <laughs> It's just the pit that he fell in at the end of Trust, Heath. Why are you so uncomfortable? Oh, all <laughs> no, right. Okay, it's the yeah. hole inside of him. Oh, oh, that only Ray can fill? Yeah. 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 
It's that whole. I hate all of it. Because in, the, in the interviews, in no, the we're interviews they we're, were talking we're done. about. No, we're done. 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 We are done with that. I'm thinking about Kylo's We're not talking about holes anymore. Digging up them holes, baby. <laughs> Tom the fanboy said, "Trioculus is a metaphor for America." Oh, God. <laughs> God. A white slave owner using advanced technology to seize power in a corrupt government, destroy the lands of indigenous populations, and defy the precepts of his own religion while falsely claiming to be metaphysically superior. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think he nailed it. Yeah, I think. <laughs> wow, this book was ahead of its time. Can a book retroactively win a Pulitzer Prize? <laughs> God, if oh, any book can find do it, out. Love, Darth Vader can. <laughs> Pulitzer Prize winner, the glove of Darth Vader. <laughs> I know. Posthumous Pulitzer Prize winner. Is he dead? Is the author dead? Oh, is that what that means? No, but Legends is. Pos- pos- <laughs> the person died. Good cover, Danny. Danny. Good cover. <laughs> I like that's, every that's, that's 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 the whole time. Nice save, pal. Nice save. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is a train wreck, my lord. <laughs> uh, and finally, Yubzi said, as I learned from studying Canlit, Triaculus's third eye definitely symbolizes sexual repression. Definitely. Hmm. Again, Kylo Ren. So <laughs> it all comes back to Ben. It's like it poetry; it rhymes. I'm sorry. This cannot. This is the worst <laughs> listener question I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Are you serious? Who wrote this? Are you serious? Who put this question in here? Keith, do, do you have really... a better listener question that is emerging from our conversation tonight? No, I don't, because I wasn't paying attention to the conversation. But <laughs> This is on you, then. No, <laughs> please reveal yourself. And why? <laughs> oh, now... Oh, that fixed it. <laughs> there, there we go. That's, that's what was missing, for sure. What do you mean, and why? Because <laughs> I don't appreciate... <laughs> My dumbass comments being listener questions. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Oh my god. <sighs> okay, for the record, just so, and this is not the listener question. But you what can answer it if you sh- want to. What was written in the show notes just now as the listener question for this week was, are there boats in Star Wars? <laughs> Seth, to make it a better question, question added, and why? <laughs> what do you mean, why are there boats? Because there's water, and then they have to go on a boat. Okay, like, I don't have a better listener question, so there, I think we there are go with two that possible, one. There are two possible answers to that question. Even with, no, there are three, actually. <laughs> no, three. no, even with the and why, there are two answers. One is no, no, no there's three. because there's not water. The other is yes, because there's water. And the third answer is perhaps because there might be water. <laughs> we know there's water. We Stop see it. water. Stop it. We also know that, that there's water. boats. They're in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh my Does God. the existence of water necessarily mean the existence of boats, though? I, I don't think that's a one-to-one relationship. Shut up. 
The real I question mean, for this week is who from the Star Wars galaxy do you want to see cameo in this book? And why? <laughs> <laughs> and that, don't just give us a one word answer. That's really right. what we mean. We are, I we want... are beyond the point of accepting answers where you're like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, period. <sighs> I, I Ooh, want um, Kanan Jarrus, but Kanan Jarrus after he's like died and his soul is like in the wolf. So you want you a know? wolf to show up and <laughs> just a wolf? <laughs> is this before or after Wedge starts hitting on Hera? Oh <laughs> That's why he God. shows up! That's, That's why, why he, he shows, shows up! up. Pause, pause. So, before same we time. go too far with this, we skipped glistening bodies. Oh, we, sure, did. we did. Yeah, no one gets a glistening bodie. Did you say glistening bodies? The Abigail, Abigail gets a Abigail deserves Abigail. Abigail made. James gets <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's a, it's a glistening boat e. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I regret everything. Taff, <laughs> <laughs> take it away. Yep. All right. First response to this next week. We are Rogue Podron. You can answer our question on if you didn't know already. If you you can answer yeah. our question on Twitter at Rogue Podron. Our email is roguepodron at gmail dot com. Our website is roguepodron.com. If you want to know more about droid therapy sessions, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. Subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Rate and review us on iTunes. We have no reviews this week, so that sucks. You had like two weeks to get one in. Next time, <laughs> join us for some more chapters of Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall. Um, you can start at chapter four and just... Keep reading until we give you an updated chapter list. Um, until then, this is Rogue Padron finally signing off. Pash out. Pew 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 what is like the sound of a black hole absorbing a star system i hate i hate i hate everything that has happened in the last 15 seconds.